This is Shop Talk with Jeff and John. This is a podcast about bicycles and all things bicycles. But it's more than that. We also discuss our adventures, not only on the bike, but off of it as well. We may or may not be experts, but we definitely have something to say. Hello and welcome to another episode of Shop Talk. How you doing, Jonathan? Happy New Year! <laughs> well, see, but, that, but this time it's Happy Chinese New Year or Happy Lunar New Year. Yeah, the uh, Year of the Rat. Year of the Rat. Yeah. Or so Disneyland likes to say, the Year of the Mouse. <laughs> well, <laughs> Disneyland is the Year of the Mouse every year though, right? <laughs> I mean... That they're actually doing some special things for Year of the Mouse, really? Year of the Rat. Yeah. And will you be partaking? I will be partaking because you in, know, with, yeah. the, with the season pass. When, when in Rome, <laughs> <laughs> or wherever it is you are. So it seems like we—it's been a minute since we've actually been here. Well, uh, I'm glad you said that, Jeff, because it has been a minute. Yeah, I mean. If we were to pull the curtain back, all the way back, I mean, I know we've had two episodes that that dropped the first couple of weeks in January, and yeah. we, we tried to sound like it was all current, but if if we're being honest with our listeners, and I think we, we should be, we recorded those in December. We, we did. Just right after our trip, we because did. the excitement of our previous trip, just we felt couldn't wait, and we wanted to rehash and relive the trip while it was all fresh and current. But uh, it, it's it's all smoke and mirrors, people. Yeah, smoke so, and mirrors. So th- this new episode, well, you know, hi, it's Friday, and welcome to the episode. But uh, it, it's been a long time. I mean, well, we so took, we wanted we wanted you know to take um a little bit of break, the holiday break. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that it and you know it was good to have that break because. I don't think our schedule would have allowed it anyways. No, it's like my I had all of my daughters, boyfriends, husbands, fiancés and grandkids in town for the yeah. holidays, which was just a lot of fun. Took vacation time and went to the snow like four different days that they were here. Had a lot of fun doing that. Do you have a good good holiday season for the most part? You know what? We had a really quiet holiday season. Yeah. And it was well earned. Yeah, yeah. So, sort of recharge the batteries and regroup. We a did, bit. we did. Yeah, we bypassed more than a few get-togethers and things like that. Yeah, and it was okay. Yeah, well, know? sometimes you just gotta just sit back, relax, and yeah, sit by the fire and just enjoy the home front, right? Yeah, it probably the first time in a good few years that I've been in bed before midnight for New Year's. Really? Right. There's that. Um, and yeah, I mean, Christmas day was pretty, whatever, not Christmas day. We had a house full, my three daughters, two grandkids, and like I said, husbands, fiancés, and boyfriends. And, uh, it was good. Yeah. Well, I, you mean, you, you, you took some pictures. Yeah. You guys were wearing onesies. No, they weren't onesies. They were actual just onesies. (laughs) No, they had a top and a bottom. <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. Matching pajamas for the whole for yeah. the whole clan. All the yeah. guys, all the guys were in a color and all the all the females were in a color. So 
Worked out good. Had prime rib, really good Christmas dinner. So oh, that's right. I always enjoy to, getting to cook. Every you once and in a while. Casey were talking about that because you guys were getting you get, what the, 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 there were good deals going on. Yeah, well, like Albertsons, you know, everybody wants your phone number for some kind of rewards or things. So I've never really signed up for the Albertsons uh, you or the thing that you get on your phone, and then the advertisement that came in the mail for the prime rib brought the prime rib down to $4.50 a pound. You had to have that ad or you had to have the thing on your phone. So when I went to get to get it, Crystal, the butcher at the local Albertsons here, hooked me up and helped me get the Albertsons for you, Albertsons for you um, app on my phone. Oh. And then she helped me find the ad. Goodness gracious. So, the normal price of the prime rib was like twelve ninety eight or something like that. So it had a sticker price on there like of hundred and ninety five dollars. Then they just had the regular price for six ninety nine. So that almost cut it in half. Then with the Albertsons U to you or whatever that app is called, it got it down to four fifty. And then she showed me the coupon that says you'll save ten dollars. If you spend fifty dollars on meat, so she hooked all that up. I go up there, and for like a two hundred dollar prime rib, I think I spent like sixty four dollars, and it was a full rack, like the wow. full on, full on prime rib. So that was kind of fun. It's like, <laughs> like wow, I felt like I got ahead. Jeez, so, yeah, I don't know how they do it. Apparently, they're buying it for two dollars a pound because how else are you going to give it away? A loss leader for the time being. Yeah. Yeah, because they figure if you're going to come in here and buy that, there's uh-huh. there's a whole shopping yeah, cart yeah. full gonna, of things you're you gonna need to go You're going to buy a bag of Doritos. Yeah, that. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> or for four dollars. Yeah. So that worked out pretty good. And Casey, the guy in our shop, did the same thing. He's the one that, that told me about it. So we 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 all bragged all Christmas about. Yeah, I heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> what a deal we got on our prime rib. So, and mine was like nine pounds, full one, full, and did it lasted three days. We ate ate a good portion of it on at for dinner, and mm-hmm. then leftovers. It was gone pretty quick. So yeah, that okay. was fun. All right, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. so that happened. What else? Is, what else has happened? Well, obviously, you know, it's twenty twenty. That just seems weird, doesn't it? To say twenty twenty, a whole new decade, whole new. It's making it easier to do math. <laughs> right you know yeah yeah at work i'm like you know the guys uh, i was setting up his garmin and i'm like how old are you he's like 59 and i'm like what year were you born i'm like oh okay minus 60 <laughs> you know yep yeah and so like that, that worked so i don't know just dumb things like that but, but during the holidays I've done a lot of research and a lot of uh, soul search. I wouldn't say soul searching, but like, um, and and I blame it on the trip we did on the beach. And I know we talked about it, but it it opened up a whole new, like, a avenue or a way to cycle without being a uber aggressive or road rider or uber aggressive mountain bike rider. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, I know exactly what you're saying. I agree with you. It's brought about a different style of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, 
it's required me to pause for a moment to wonder, you know, how I should be writing lately. But yes, the the, the style of writing is different. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll let you continue before I expunge. Well, no, I just. Well, I mean, I people people who know and at the shop know, you know, I I got to a point where the road bike was just. I was, the enjoyment wasn't there. I was like, I was like leading a ride and I was suffering through the ride. And it's like, I'm leading the ride, but I didn't have the endurance or the fitness to lead the ride. So I actually stepped off the road bike in September and I still haven't been on it. So, but I'm still riding the mountain bike, you know, and that two or three, four times a week. So that's fun. And I'm enjoying that. Mm-hmm. But the, um, getting and, and one of our listeners, uh, you know, she did the Cody finger said the adventure bike, but the whole adventure bike thing. And granted, I think if we look back at when JT and Cameron were first here, I didn't understand it. I was wondering why the whole need for a gravel bike or whatever, but I don't really like calling mine a gravel bike or a mountain bike or any other thing. But I think adventure bike or adventure biking sums up the style that I'm really enjoying. And it's intriguing right now because it seems to be biking with a purpose, but everything's different, if that makes any sense. It's like the for the purpose is we have to get to point A to point B, mm-hmm. set up camp. Mm-hmm. But then the, the enjoyment is like the journey, getting from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Then if you get to point B in enough time where you can set up camp, yeah. enjoy the sunset, relax, and relive just the kind of funny things or fun things that happened right. on the previous six hours that you spent on a bike. Right. It's like... Yeah, you look at it, and it's like the our beach trip was was eighty seventy five, almost eighty miles, right? Yeah. The trip that we just did, and we we and I'm just going to say this now: we may or get, may or may not get into it wholeheartedly today. We may just talk about it roundaboutly, but more details of our three day trip will definitely be in the future. But you know, in three days we did like sixty seven miles, so the mileage is there. So you're getting mileage, but it's just, to me, it's a different mileage. Mm -hmm. It's a fun mileage because, you know, there is camaraderie. There is things that you can share. There's things that you do. And when you're suffering, everybody seems to be suffering about the same because you're all carrying weight up a hill. And when you're going downhill, you know, there's people who can let it out. And and then those, like, just roll down the hill and have fun. Mm -hmm. So, But the enjoyment is, I think, planning the trip, packing and preparing for the trip, and then the nights after today's after that mm-hmm. day's writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm really enjoying about it. Yeah. You know. Right. For me anyway. I'm I'm I am choosing to stay with the term bicycle camping. You know. Right. Uh, I, I I like that because it is uh, helping to uh, explain to people what I'm doing. Right. Camping with a bicycle, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so like, so I, I'm not using the term bike packing, bicycle touring, right? You know, and then even I've abandoned the adventure bike anymore. Okay, right. You know, just you know, I'm going bicycle camping, and at that point too, it's like, who cares what bike I'm on? I'm going bicycle camping, right? You know, yeah. Um, and yeah, it just seems to work well. When I say that, people don't, I don't have to re-explain myself, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, are you going on dirt? Are you doing this yeah. or doing that? Mm-hmm. You're just like, yeah. I'm, I'm going camping, but I'm getting there by bicycle. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I kind of like that that train of thought. That's uh, yeah. You know, well, again, I mean, that was that was me initially. You know, uh, 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 you know, ha having fun with the way Trina was telling me about. You know, well, okay, you know, we're car gonna, camping, car camping, right? Yeah. No, she's always just that's the one, right? And then right. of course, you know, then hike camping, right? And then kayak camping, right? And I get it, right? So right. that's why we do the car camping or beach camping, right? Yeah. As we say, so bicycle camping, it just makes sense. Like, there's so much truth to that, you know. And that's what I love my wife about. Yeah, is that she figures out like you're just trying to like church it up, you know, like. <laughs> You're going bike camping. You're, you're going camping. You just happen to be getting there on a bike and yeah. taking everything you own with a bike. Uh -huh. All those other adjectives are just all superlatives <laughs> totally. and, that we don't really need. Yeah. Cut yeah. to the chase. Uh huh. Backpacking. Nope. I'm going hike camping at the end of the day. I'm hiking <laughs> and I'm going to camp when I get to where I'm going. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's funny. I mean, it's true, though, because mm -hmm. that just sort of peels it all away in, in its simplest terms. Well, so is... Wait, there's RV camping, right? What do they say? R R or R no, it's not RV. RVing. RVing. I mean, yeah, I think is an actual thing that that people are, you know. Well, there's commercials. Go RVing. You know, RVing.com. Yeah. For would you go trailer camping? Was is, is that when you're? I'm well, now. I'm. I'm just having fun now. With well, I'm thinking. Well, maybe we'll ask Vinny what he calls that. <laughs> Vinny, is that is that trailer camping? Is that because you know we we've talked about glamping and everything else before? So let's we're just going camping. We're just using different modes of transportation uh -huh. to get there. Sometimes yeah. we walk. Yeah. Sometimes we put everything in a car, and most recently now, we've put everything on a bike. I will say this though: I am rather disappointed with myself about how many times I have not gone backpacking this last season because of all this hoopla on bicycle camping yeah so it has robbed me of my bike or my backpacking well, well yeah because our yearly trip has always been a backpacking trip and this year we yeah shunned the right. backpacking for right. the bike camping trip. but man i've been hearing on so many forums about the tick uh there's a lot of ticks right now yeah uh, and i am kind of okay not doing a backpacking trip, yeah, right now. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, because of of insects that are out there, I don't really like those guys. They're, they're ticks are bad, dude. I mean, flies yeah. and stuff, mosquitoes, fine. Yeah. Well, you know, even mosquitoes, who knows what? But the ticks, yeah, and not, then, not cool. Yeah, and then like that off chance that you get a tick and then you get Lyme disease, that's something that stays with you for uh -huh. almost two and a half years or so Yeah, to get that because it's like a virus. Uh huh. It's crazy. So, you know, maybe it is a blessing that we found this activity. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I rather enjoy it and I can't pinpoint, I guess, what it is that I enjoy most. I truly like the aspect of um, having your gear then trying to figure out where it's going to go on your bike or how what you can live with or what you can live without type of thing even if even you know because the one, we did take a trailer before and we yeah. talked about that I didn't overload it you know so you you could get to a point where well do I need this do I need this do I, then you're just bringing stuff to bring stuff I guess I don't know so that part has been kind of intriguing to what Okay, I need this jacket. I need this. Where is it going to fit? How to put it in there? Yeah. And I still think 
that I carried a lot on this recent, this last trip, the J the J tree trip. I carried a lot of stuff. Two of the items I didn't even wear. So that's again part of the learning process. What do you think you can get away with or get by without or right. with having or without having? Right. Um, but um, I guess we'll talk a little bit about it. So our beach trip, we had rain. Mm-hmm. Right. This one, we had cold. So by the way, we went to Joshua Tree for yeah. three days. Ta-da! Yeah. And the, you know we will have a uh, what. A recap, a revisit, uh, a rev- yeah, yeah um, at on, at a later podcast. But uh, here we're just you know catching up, having fun about you know things. Yeah, in twenty twenty. There you go. Uh, okay, so say it again. Oh, I oh, so the beach trip, and we we hounded on it or expounded on it in great detail. We had the rain, mm-hmm. so and we didn't really feel bothered by the rain because that just was an added. Thing we had to overcome and it was still part of the learning process and it made the trip for lack of a better term enjoyable or more adventurous for us would you say that the cold did the same thing or is the cold a different beast altogether um as far as like added to the adventure of it yeah no or, i mean well cold sucks right right and um, but yeah, it adds to the adventure. You gotta you gotta gear up for that. Yeah, you know. So, um, I mean, I pretty much wore everything I took with me. You know. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and the, now it just turns into what I could do without. You yeah. know, um, I used I used everything that I took with me, not counting the first aid kit. And the ibuprofen, right? You know, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there are some essentials that I just like are going to come with me. I'm starting to question, like, wait, geez, man, I haven't used this bag in a while, but this bag is the bag that you don't want to use, right? Because yeah. that would mean that something bad is happening, yeah, your first aid and tools yeah. and stuff like that. Um, well, I did have two flats again, <laughs> but 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 the flats are are, are seem are didn't, weren't real problematic. They they sort of yeah. You change them and you go, and you have your bike packed where everything can you can get to without stripping everything down. Oh, did that did that work for you? By the way, what did you already have the stuff available? Is that yeah. 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 Like so you're prepared for that. Where the tubes are yeah. on my bike and yeah. then where the uh the kit is for got it. For getting everything. Yeah. So I thought that worked yeah. out yeah. pretty well. So yeah, so like Jonathan said, we, we just did three days more of it, more more to come, but I guess we'll just since it's out there, we uh did a circumnavigation of Joshua did a complete loop from uh Joshua Tree Village back to Joshua Tree Village. Yeah. So Roughly, was it 67, 65 miles, something like that, over three days? Uh, I think it ended up being like, what, 22, 20, or, you know, 22 point whatever, but let's yeah. just round to 22, 22, 22 both days. Yeah. And then 15 the last day. So I can't do math. 44. 15, 57, right? Almost, right at about 60. Okay. Yeah. And but stupid elevation. Yeah, 3,000 feet or so of. Yeah. Of. 
Yeah, two thousand the first day, a thousand the next day. Yeah. And obviously it was two thousand the first day that was the tiring one. Yeah. You know, which you know, like two thousand feet is not supposed to be hard. Right. But when you have forty pounds of gear, yeah. Then yeah, I guess it's a little bit harder. And we Because did a we group. were carrying water. Yeah. So that's the thing with the uh so when 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 we planned a trip we did the first five miles with just hydration water with the account of filling up at the filling station once we right inside the park. So then that would get all our extra water. Knowing that after that, then by noon, the second day, we would have the ability to fill water again. Mm-hmm. And then by three o'clock on the second day, again, the ability to fill water. So we started out pretty light with water, but in the heat of the day and the majority of the climbing, you're carrying upwards to six yeah. liters of water. Yeah. So, yeah. That, so that changes a little bit of things and adds things to yeah. to yeah. it. So Yeah, I mean, I, I learned some new things um, on the Joshua Tree trip, you know, different than the, 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 the beach trip, you know. Um, so it's it's made me again pause to reconsider how I want to pack, and whether it's it's been legitimate for me to carry what I'm carrying, you know, mm-hmm. um, and what sacrifices I want to make moving forward, you know. And I am calling them sacrifices more than just like, you know, I don't need them, right? You know, um, so yeah, you know, it's been. It's been an evolution. That's really the only way I can say it. Yeah. And for me, as we look, and I'm, I'm looking over there on, my, on, on the desk, and I see the book that I, just, that I bought not too long ago, The Continental Divide Trail, the 2,250 miles that you can do in 25 days if you do the 100 miles a day, or this book's got it broken down into... 25 and 60 mile days and you can do it in oh. 65 days but i was talking with vinny it's like yeah that'd be great that'd be fun but who can afford to take seven days off from work to do a bike trip that- it's like these through hikers man it's like you know uh, so many times the stories are you know like i just quit my job you know now yeah. i'm gonna go you know what he caught, you know, through hike the AT yeah. or the PCT. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then again, on the forums, people will be like, Hey, so, you know, um, uh, I'm going to be quitting my job. I, you know, I already have planned, I already got my permit and you know, I'll be quitting my job two weeks before, you know, and then what, you know, what, uh, what are you guys doing about, you know, healthcare, you know, <laughs> and just stuff like that. It's like, yeah. that's kind of how, like, you almost have to give up the ghost on that or something. My my brother-in-law and his wife and I've mentioned it before uh, out of Cleveland, they're they're doing the AC, the, the Appalachian, AT, Appalachian uh, yeah, Trail, yeah, the AT, the Appalachian Trail this year. Uh-huh. You know, uh huh. They're not selling their house though. No, I mean he's retired. He oh. sold. He, he retired. You, you know, closed his business and sold it. Sold whatever. So this and they've been planning for over a year. This this trip. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, get your reloads and your restocks and everything mailed to you and things like that. So yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, their their son lives in Washington D.C., so okay. they're sending a lot of stuff to him, and he yeah, well. can can send and follow it up. And yeah. then when they come up through the D.C. area, you know, they can come off trail and visit. So, I mean, it's it, the the Continental Divide Trail that starts in Banff and goes down all the way through to the bottom of New Mexico, down there at the border. Um, you, I guess. You don't really do that, like mail stuff to you because you go through towns. Oh, and it's the whole idea behind this is you're self-sufficient and you reload as you go. So, like, I think the longest stretch that in the book that I'm reading that you have to prepare for maybe is four days, where you're, and and that's four days if you do the twenty or thirty miles a day. Mm-hmm. The people who race this thing. And do it in 12, because they're doing 200-mile days. You know, they they just go through a town, get what they need, and keep going, you know, because they're on a bike. Well, what's the record? Like 10 days, right? Uh, yeah, I think the the male record is like 10 days and change. The female record is 13. So. Hmm. And, yeah, and they're sleeping like one hour. Yeah, well, they're, you know, they're, they're doing single-track riding yeah. 200 miles a day. And you just sort of sleep, you know, if, if, there, if it gets, yeah, if it gets rainy. But a lot of this, if you read it, these towns and these little villages that you go through have dedicated like stores and things that are there for. Yeah. Crazy, the, right? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. I saw, I saw a video documentary, something like. The girl who was setting out to break the record, right? Yeah. The one that there was, you yeah. go. Right. Live to ride my bike, or uh, I love to ride my bike. And so some of these markets now like are prepped for yeah. the CDT riders. And you know. a lot of the people at these markets or these these campsites where everybody goes, because you get a tracker if you're doing the official like non-official thing. So everybody follows you on. Yeah, yeah, on, they, on and they computer. are they they actually call them stalkers. Yeah. So they know where you are, and they know when a big group of 10 is going to be coming through their campsite. So they're all up at 2 o'clock in the morning and got coffee and yeah, and all kinds right. of things ready to go for you. Right, right, so, right. I mean, so reading that book, watching a couple of documentaries, and then experiencing the things that we've experienced on the last two trips that we have, it, it kind of makes you like, wow, is something like that, is it possible for me to do it? So you start dreaming, I guess, and putting a bullseye or a bucket list item on the wall. And it's like, okay, maybe if I can't do all of it, mm-hmm. maybe I do Colorado. Maybe I do Idaho and, you know, Wyoming. Do, right. do do two weeks on the trail, you know, and figure out what you could cover and do. Because I think the book says if you did Colorado, uh, they're, the way they have it done, it would take you eight days to go from the top of Colorado Now, here's the, the thing, down. though. We... S- you rather yeah. still haven't gone mountain bike camping. Oh, I know. No, that that's and that's the CDT. Yeah, where it's all single track. Yeah, I know. Way to dash my dreams, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it next week. Um, just it's just something to read. No, granted, and it's like, but then after doing the trips that we've done. And then looking at my setup and realizing, like, do I want to be a single track 
bike camper where you're like like you're backpacking and you're in the wilderness or do I want to stay on like near or towards civilization where you can either do gravel roads, fire roads or some double track. I haven't the the thing is I guess I would have a better idea if I knew of a place or a way to do an overnighter on a single track where we're actually mountain biking to have to go camping. Ergo, we've discussed, you know, a couple options. What is that? Oh, okay. Um, we discussed a couple options where, uh, was it uh, Noble Canyon down um, by Lake Cuyamaca right. slash Mount Laguna, which is, you know, San Diego, whatever area. Um and then, you know, we just recently discovered that um, the Ortega South or the main divide trail is back open um, after all the fires had burned and things right. like that. And then so now these are these are, you know, dirt trails. The Noble Canyon one is a legit mountain bike trail. Right. Um, that we can totally camp uh, back, you know, backcountry camp on. Um, and then, you know. The, the Ortega Highway one, that one has a campground that we can ride to. Right. Um, but, I mean, it's going to have similar elevation challenges. Right. Because, again, mountain bike trails are just go up, and they defy the laws of civil engineering, uh, <laughs> keeping it at 8% grade or, yeah. or below. So right. when you're doing stupid 22% grades, 30% grades, that's mountain biking. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if anything, that's that's on the list for 2020. Yeah. You know, for us to get our feet wet in that arena. Right. And try to, yeah, get get that sort of dialed in and see if that's right. where we want. Because over the holidays, you know, I uh, uh, treated myself to a Christmas present, and I got that salsa... Um, Handlebar bag. Yeah. You get a seat bag too? No, I did not do oh. a seat bag. Yeah. Because okay. um, that one, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty firm. I'm gonna stay with my trunk bag pannier combo. Uh huh. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, carrying something up front, and then so it's like a 15 liter, uh, burrito bag. Right. Which, it, dude, 15 liters is a lot. A lot of stuff. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. And like the one that Vinny's got is twenty, huge. You, yeah. you, you know, haul small children in it. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. But so over the holidays, you know, I I got bit. You know, we did the beach trip, and then our Joshua Tree trip was on the horizon, and I think it's had as much fun planning and prepping and mocking up and doing everything before the trip as we did. Doing the trip. I mean, not saying that the trip wasn't fun because the trip was incredible. You know, Joshua Tree is one of my favorite places to visit and to go to, as we've discussed before. But um, just gearing up that and just reading and looking and see how other people do things is interesting, too. You know, it's like you think you've got the market corner on how something goes. Then you read about how somebody else is doing it and just literally how load how loaded people get their bikes and what they carry you know I granted a lot of the the instagrams and websites that you look these are people traveling through morocco or traveling 
you know months on end yeah so from they the arctic circle bring... down to yeah yeah so you know they're easily 100 pounds of stuff on their bike you know and yeah. just it's insane so there's as many different setups out there that that you can do to a bike as there are people riding a bike it's it's literally that's the thing i have found interesting like when you look at a road rider, it's like, yeah, you can look at a road rider and it's like all about shaving weight, mm-hmm. wearing this, you know, aerodynamic helmet, carbon fiber shoes, and just getting as light as possible as you can go. And there's only so much you can do. When you start looking at the uh, the bike camping aspect of it, it, it throw it on your bike and go. Mm-hmm. Whatever, mm-hmm. every everyone is different. Well, you know, so, um, I mean, I have to admit something here. Like... This whole bike camping thing, the the you know the 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 part that has been enticing to me is that I get to ride my bike, and as simple as that sounds, us bike people tend not to make things simple like that, because whenever you get on a bike, such as a road bike, it's like okay, boom, you know how fast you're gonna go, what you know, what what pe- personal records are you gonna beat, right? And you know how efficient can you be, and all that stuff. And just I don't know, there's just something inherently that just uh, evolves from uh, being on a performance bike, and then you know mountain bike, you know okay, you know, you know what jumps are you gonna clear, how you know, aggressive technical of a trail you're going to be because otherwise um, it's a boring ride. And why would I want to do that? You know, type of thing, you know, whereas now this adventure biking is just, now we're just on a bike and um, I, I, my computer's on merely for GPS tracking purposes. Right. You know, but beyond that, like, I'm not worried about how fast I'm going. I'm not worried. About, I, I don't even have my cadence on. I don't have my heart rate monitor on. Um, I'm just pedaling. And I'll get there when I get there. And I will stop as many times as I want to stop for any good amount of reasons. Because I'm tired. Because... Oh, look at that pretty cloud. Or, right. There's yeah. a ladybug. I wanted to land on me. Yeah. I mean, and... That's the part where it'll I've harkened back to just now being the kid, yeah, right. And of course, I didn't get to be a kid, right, uh, much. <laughs> um, so uh, this is my version of being an adult kid to just, hey, I'm just riding a bike for no reason at all. Yeah. Well, no, that's well, that's what I you know talked about at the beginning. It's like I haven't done the road bike. Still staying on a mountain bike, but it, it, like you said, it still feels like you lead a group or you take a group out. Everybody wants to go out. Hey, you want to, you know, everyone wants to charge up the climb. Everybody wants to rail on the down. It's like, where's well, just a riding for enjoyment anymore? And that, and I'm doing a quote of fingers, nobody can see the adventure biking or the biking that we've been doing with our trips mm-hmm. just sort of seems to bring the, the joy or the fun. And like you said, this Joshua tree trip, you know, granted the first four and a half, five hours are climbing, mm-hmm. you know, but still didn't, it didn't suck, suck though. Like, no, and it's like, we stopped. Yeah. I was we, tired, you yeah. know, but no, like I knew I had to climb. Yeah. It was going to be work, but 
I didn't, it wasn't, you know, I didn't, was, I didn't hate myself. I didn't, uh, just like, okay, I'm going to, I'll get there when I get there. Well, I'm, and I mean, really, what is, yeah, I mean. It's the same thing in, in, in every backpacking trip we've done. There's been, you know, we've uh, done summit attempts mm-hmm. and been successful on the summit attempts that we've done. But the mere mention of making a summit attempt, you have to go up. So it's like all of our backpacking trips have been up, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like there's always been the sort of agony of climbing and getting well, there. Well, again, what's good is that between you and me, it's not like we've ever put a time on ourselves to be like, we have to summit by two. We have to be there by two. We yeah. have to, you know, oh, you know, I mean, just, and, and, and uh, again, that's what I love about our dynamic is that uh, we don't have, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. We, 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 we have the gear in case we get there late. Yeah. We, we know we're going to be cold if it gets late. We're, we have that. We have lights. Yeah. We're set up. So like, we don't have to be in that rush and okay, fine. I don't want to lolly, you know, we're not, we don't have to lollygag the whole time. Yeah. But again, for any amount of reasons, because we are tired and we want to stop yeah. or because a ladybug landed on our, you know, our bag. Yeah. yeah. Then you're just like, Oh, I want to stop. Yeah. And like when we, we, you know, when we did lunch this time, what we, we stopped for like an hour and changed mm-hmm. and just hung out in the sun and just relaxed and watched yeah. rock climbers and, Watch, people watched, but you know, and then it's, and we knew we still had like eight miles to go or six miles to go, but right. the, the no itinerary itinerary, yep. I think is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that you and I have done in the past is to get that extra day we've left at night. Yeah. But even so we, you know, and I know our two backpacking trips, we've take you know, hit the trailhead and actually started walking up at 1030 <laughs> And yeah. yeah, ten and ten thirty on our previous trip. Right. You know, so obviously we have no no time restraints. You know, it's like okay, if we get there at four, we don't have anything yeah. to do the no. next day. No, I mean Mount San Jacinto or talk. Was which which one is it? What is it called? Is it talk No, Mount no. San Jacinto, right? Mount San Jacinto. Yeah. So yeah. Mount San Jacinto. I mean, we didn't we didn't start setting up camp until like two thirty in the morning. Yeah. We didn't like <laughs> we were boiling top ramen at three a.m. Yeah. And, you know, and I think we slept till nine or so and then still then still hiked for six or so hours the next day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. You so. know, so so that's that is staying with me. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm liking that part I, that, that this is what's enticing to any of these trips, the yeah. backpacking or the bike packing or whatever. Yeah. So. Um, that that part makes me happy. That I mean, yeah, I've stated before. I I love the camping. Yeah. Now it's just I'm finding other re- ways to get to, to the camping. To get to the camping, that's to me just as enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times like on the ride. You know, the group may split because there were six of us. And it seems that we always rode two by twos. Yeah. Uh, we we never left anybody behind. Or you know, if if you did get gapped on the climb, at least the person you were climbing with was waiting for you at the top type of thing. Um, but, you know, just the, just the pure solitude of just riding mm-hmm. and then just enjoying the scenery, you know, and just looking at how, because during the day it was beautiful. I mean, it was crystal right? clear. Right, going skies. that slow, <laughs> you know, in Joshua Tree, I mean, the, yeah, the, the view doesn't suck. Yeah. So I, I got no issues. Yeah. 
But we we did discuss though at night that um, like backpacking or any other thing that's worthwhile, it was it was a you worked to get to where we were. Mm-hmm. Not saying that it wasn't that was easy. Yeah, you know, and you did work at your own pace. Everybody in the group worked at their own pace. But to a person, all six individuals that went on the trip stated, "Yeah, I'm worked. You know, I'm tired." You know, mm-hmm. heck, on the first night, <laughs> people were going to bed at six o'clock, man. <laughs> Granted, it got dark at four thirty. We didn't have firewood, so <laughs> the firewood is key, or the lack of firewood is key. So I, in and you took a nap, and got up, and and I thought it was funny. We're all standing around, we're sitting around, and we're chatting and eating ramen broth or whatever, and it's like we're chatting, da 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 da. Yeah, looks looked like we may have made it to like eight thirty nine o'clock. Nope, 7.15. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I guess uh, guess we'll go to bed at 7.15 and sort of see how it goes. Which, you know, I've mentioned also in the past that whenever I go backpacking, that's the most amount of sleep I ever get because, again, it's not like I have firewood. Yeah. And so I'm in bed, you know, at, right you... after sunset. Yeah. Um, and then I don't get up until 6 or 7 the next morning Ultimately, it's six to six, seven yeah. to seven. Getting, getting you know? a twelve-hour quality sleep, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but feel rested. But then you, you sort of need that because then we uh-huh. we have another day of twenty-two miles. And you know, it's so crazy. Like your legs are sore, but they're still they power. Work. Yeah, yeah. They, they still work. Uh huh. Um, it's weird. It's it's like a it's it's a deep it's a deep soreness. Yeah. Not yeah. So I felt good Friday, Saturday at work I was I was okay. Mm. But then it was like Sunday. Like you could actually feel Yeah. Oh no, no. I still um they were sore. Right now, they, they were definitely sore yeah. on Sunday. It's like yeah. yeah. I yeah. really should probably ride again. But I probably won't be riding until our night ride this week. So oh. that's how that goes. Vinny and I had all kinds of plans to ride. We need to ride. We need to ride. And it's like, I don't want our only ride to be Thursday. So it looks like our only ride will be, you know, our night ride. That's just how it goes. But it was fun. Good times. But firewood. <laughs> firewood is key. Firewood is key. And... and <laughs> How to get firewood is key. Is is uber key, um, and and then you look back at all the silliness. It's like, oh, I don't think it'd be too bad. We'll just carry firewood on the first day. Yeah, I don't know that that would have worked. I don't know. I Maybe. don't know. You know. I mean, so um, I was prepared to take firewood on the first day, and that would have been neat to experience and and at any one point i figure if it gets too hard then i can abandon the firewood right donate it to the cause right so i don't know you know i had it been a smaller group i might have i might have attempted it you know but i didn't i didn't want my actions to affect the larger group the larger of the body yeah but uh, spoiler alert we had firewood our second night, though, <laughs> because we're sitting. I remember sitting around camp on on our on the first night, 
in the hour and a half between people going to bed and the time that we went to bed. And it's like, well, I know we're going to go out of the park. We're going to go through. And then when we make the turn up to Indian Cove, there's a there's a store there. Mm-hmm. It's like two miles. I figure we we get to camp early enough, set up camp, ride back down and get firewood. However, in my memory of the many times that I've been to Indian Cove campground, I do not recall how steep it was from Highway 62 or 29 Palms Highway up that two miles to the campground. I guess because I always drove it and just never really paid attention to the grade. Right. But let me tell you, it's pretty steep, be it only about five and a half or six percent. But no, it got up to eight. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you credit because at the at the end it got at, up to eight. At the end, yeah, after you passed the the, the ranger station, right? Mm-hmm. Because the from from the road to the ranger station was a pretty pretty temple. That was five percent. Yeah, pretty temple type climb. Yeah, you know. Right. So. And then the uh, the, la- the, the last, last eight hundred the last eight hundred meters, <laughs> which don't let Jeff ever tell you how far something is eight hundred meters. <laughs> That's it, it's not real. Yeah. So we we can dwell yeah. on that dwell on that at another yeah. time. Um, but back to really kind of the general uh, uh, um, sentiment, you know, of of all this. Um, bicycle camping like it's it has it's been fun gearing up for it i i you know it it is quenching some of my thirst for just backpacking being out there you know um it requires a little bit more planning um but heck we're even finding out about joshua tree that we can start start to plan less because joshua tree is creating some infrastructure for you know bicycle camping yes you know which was so so phenomenal and that guy that the ranger that was telling us about it at the gate he was super excited mm-hmm. wasn't he he was just yeah then we got all excited yeah, well because he wants people to visit right yeah. which will then substantiate their decisions for, you know for, for what they've done and maybe uh-huh. expanding it and to right. have instead of just three picnic tables maybe six right you know but uh if you question what we're talking about on on our Instagram page, Shop Talk with Jeff and John, I uh, I put a blurb out and took a picture of the bicycle camp. So uh, in Ryan Campground, which was one of our stops, just because it's the pilgrimage and I have to go to Ryan Campground every time I go to Joshua Tree, it happens to be where I met my wife. So that particular campground on a particular weekend in February. So I always go through there. Anyway, we heard about the uh, for the, the record. We, we saw Jeff pointed out where they first made out. <laughs> that's that's re- yes. No, I, I uh-huh. said where we first met. <laughs> I I heard made out. I mean, so tomato, tomato. I yeah, don't know. Ketchup. Who knows? Whatever. <laughs> okay, but um, they they in Ryan. For those of you that are familiar with Ryan Campground at Joshua Tree National Park, they converted some of the uh, horse camp that's over off to the side there to uh mm-hmm. bike camp and it's uh with bike racks so it's like yeah. thought out so hey, you the... officially have to ride into camp there's no car parking yeah and it's fifteen dollars for the campsite and yeah. there's three of them yeah um and then all campsites still will share one fire pit which 
I don't know how bikers are getting firewood there, though. Uh, <laughs> that's a funny one. Yeah. Hey, you guys have to share a fire pit. And I'm thinking, well, can we share firewood? We just go around. <laughs> Go around buying fire, uh, logs from from each campsite. Can or I buy something. a log? Can I buy a log? Can I buy a piece of wood? So maybe, yeah, maybe that's the answer. Maybe rather than having to bike two and a half miles up. And I will say something else that you should pay attention to when you go to build your fire and you don't really have a, a lot of kindling and you're using a fire starter log. Don't assume that every piece of wood in the bundle is hardwood, because that was a bit... I've never run into that. So the idea there was that it was mixed wood when we got the bundle. Yeah. And some wood is harder to burn. Yeah. Hardwood burns hotter and longer, but it takes a lot more to get started. And then so you found the pine Found wood, the pine. And that sucker just lights up. Lights up. And then you use that to build your base and then get the other, got the it. bigger wood going. So we almost lost our fire yeah. on that second night. But... It, it, yeah. Then we just started loading it. It's like, wait a minute, I smell pine. Why is there pine? Oh, then we went through the wood and made a made yeah. a huge discovery. Right. And then then the fire became ah fire. It was funny. really nice the next morning too. Oh, did you see how I started it? No, I I was up. I didn't. Mission tortilla chips. Oh, that's what somebody said. The bag of. Mission tortilla chips. The, the bag itself and the All fact the that chips. tortilla chips, right, have the oil. Yeah. So that's where you just lit up. And like a I mean, like, I'm like, I'm not taking this home with me. Right. So like a time bomb. Just lit that up and I, I didn't, it didn't, yeah, the fire did not flinch. It, yeah. It, it, so I will say in all the reading and research and, and, and things that I've done over the holidays and now that we've done two trips, I still think I'm a fan of the mountain bike style bike camping bike. Um, I like that setup. Um, so, and and there was. Uh, but wait, but there, there I mean, was four drop bar bikes on our trip, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead for just a moment, okay? Because you have stated that the handlebars are kind of hurting you a little bit. Yeah. So, but you still are a fan of this mountain bike style. I like this. I like the style of the bike. I like the geometry, how you sit on the bike. But the research that I've done, a lot of people who use a flat bar bike mm -hmm. eliminate the flat bar concept of that bike. Still, kind of keep that geometry, the rigged, the rugged twenty-nine inch wheelbase, and with a with a with a rigid fork uh -huh. but do away with the flat bars and i guess the term is alt bars alt alternative bars mm. to where you can alter your hand position and there are bars out there specifically designed for bike packing so let me stop you there okay um all right so you know my dual sport right is for what it's worth flat bar uh-huh now i mean technically there's some rise in the handlebar right all right but is there a difference? Are, are we are we um, um, specifying in that, or just the fact that it's a mountain bike bar setup? Uh, well, flat bar. I mean, like your dual sport. Yeah. Um, a couple of the reviews that I've read, like the dual sport and the Truff FX3, uh -huh. are hugely convertible to these alt bars. And what I mean by alt bars, think beach cruiser bars, but not as sweepy, but 
with double bar kind of a scenario. So they, the stuff that you're attaching to the bike mm-hmm. sits further out front mm-hmm. and is not affected or affecting all your cables that are exposed. And it gives you like a 15 degree sweep with unlimited hand position. Okay. All right. So that's what I'm saying here though. So my dual sport, it's, it's got a little bit of a riser to it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, what? 25 millimeter rise or right. something like that, right? Not much, but there's a rise. And then I have bar ends. Yeah. So is the bar ends what's saving me? Because yes. you don't have bar ends. I don't have bar ends on hurting mine. you. Yeah. So why, haven't you got, why haven't you had bar ends? Well, that, I mean, before I spend money on bars, I guess I could. Because you know how cheap bar ends are? Yeah. And the fact that your boy Johnny has like. A dozen pair? Good Lord, I have these from 1999. Well, I know that's what Vince did to his. He put the ergonomic grips uh-huh. with bar ends. Okay. And I discovered now just the way I hold my hands on there, bar ends would be probably huge. Yeah. You know, so. Because I'm not like, oh, I need new bars. Yeah. Well, but I, I but I actively use my bar ends. Like, well, yeah, it's, it's, for me, I need to alter what I have, be it. New bars are bar ends with ergo grips. Okay. Something to okay. change my hand position. Well, we need some bar ends for you. Yeah. And then uh, I can give that a go. Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Right. That so, way you don't have to spend buku bucks yeah. again no on need to. new bars. So, true. So, there you go. There you go. Let's see. There you go. But, yeah, because I like, I like how the mountain bike uh-huh. frame rides. All right. You know, uh-huh. granted... When we're when we're all going in the three of you guys that were on drop bars, you guys had different gearing configurations, so you had a more of a top end. So when the, when the road got flat and you were able to turn RPMs, even though on like at the beach strip, I couldn't keep up with you and JT just because got the it. gearing was different, which I'm fine with because you know. But you do wait. You do have that gearing. What are you talking about? Yeah, but when I go into the big chain ring with, on the mountain bike with all the gear, it, it feels like all the peppers going out of my legs. Oh. I'm more comfortable, and I did get into big chain ring a couple of times on this previous on this. So last just your trip. high cadence, though. You're just wanting to go high cadence. Yeah, and I yeah. can't really turn the cadence that I that I like. So I go back down, and that way I, I can spin sure. more. I'm more of a high cadence guy. Right. So, but. I think bottom line is two trips, uh, 80 and 60, so 140 miles of bike camping with my setup, and uh, I think I'm happy with it. Right. You know, I like. I it. mean, I was tossing back and forth even uh, days up to leading up to Joshua Tree that whether you're going to uh, do d- the drop bars or the dual sport. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You haven't taken the dual sport out yet, though, have you? No. No. I mean. Not since my last Josh, my my last solo Joshua Tree trip. Yeah, that was the first time I did it, and that was fine. I, okay, you know, I mean, I was dog tired because yeah. that was like four thousand feet of climbing. Right. You know, but beyond that, I I I, I like my dual sport, yeah. and now that I have the burrito bag on there, I'm more inclined to give that a go. Uh huh. Just because it doesn't have fork mounts, right? You can't put. Can you? Can you put the same setup on your dual sport that you can yeah, put Yeah, I can't the- put a front rack on it. Okay. But I have the Versa cages on my legs, and yeah. then I have the burrito bag. Speaking of which, huge fan. Shout out to Topeak and their Versa cages. I like those things. And the gear that I use from Aveja Negra, I really, really enjoyed, really liked. Learned a little bit about, uh, you know, 
proper care of down bags. <laughs> Somebody got a little bit cool. Yeah, so all of this uh, to be discussed at future episodes. We just wanted to get together tonight to sort of break the ice, wipe the dust off the old 8-track recorder here that we're using and uh, get some get some thoughts down on tape, get it publicized, get it published, and get back on track. So uh, thanks for coming out. Thanks for for putting up with this six-week sabbatical. But we had we had fun, a couple of trips. Uh, but have no fear. Uh, we will do a detailed debriefing and trip description of our Joshua Tree trip. Things that we learned, things that we would do different, or things that we wouldn't do different. So uh, I think the things that we would do different are getting smaller and smaller each time. Uh, I feel yeah. anyway. No, for me. Um, and uh, so look forward to that. That uh, that'll be coming up here very soon as we get the get the new year in in track. The year of the mouse. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but it feels good to be back in the in the studio, sharing thoughts and talking about things. Um, so bear with us as we go through 2020 because we have several adventures planned. Uh, and that's what this whole podcast is about, is uh, talking about our adventures, things that we learn and things that we can share with people. And uh, we look forward to, to getting out there more and more this year and uh, talking about it a little more. Always, Jonathan, it's a pleasure. Good to be back. Good to be back. And hey, even though it's 2020, if you look real hard, yep, there it is. That's the weekend. You can see it from here, guys. Get out, have fun, enjoy it. And uh, until next time. See ya. Bye-bye.